Hello everyone and welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga. Kat Smith here. I'm excited to welcome you to our third episode of four-part conversation that we've had with Lisa McBride. Um, These conversations we wanted to specifically um, release in January because they all have to deal with personal growth. And we thought it would be an excellent topic to kick the year off with. In today's episode, we speak with Lisa about what personal growth looks like for Enneagram types four, five, and six. And you know, statistically speaking, um, a lot of us set resolutions for New Year, and most of those resolutions have something to do with personal growth. And a lot of times by end of January, Right about this time, those resolutions are sort of forgotten and are gone by the wayside. So I want to share with y'all, if you're one of those people, I want to share with y'all a quote by Victoria Erickson, and she is an author of Rhythms and Roads. Victoria writes, just a reminder that you don't have to make resolutions or huge decisions or big proclamations. You can just set some sweet intentions and take each day as it comes. So just a reminder that personal growth sometimes looks just like a small daily intention that you set for yourself and you carry through your day. And that sometimes is plenty, just enough. So I'm excited for you to join us today and listen. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you once again. look at our our four um, to experience personal development as a four um, you you need to do things like practice gratitude so often the four sees life from the perspective of what's lacking and what's missing but when the four can see all that they have um, that's a four in a healthy place Uh, so a gratitude journal is a great practice so that the four is not only feeling the negative emotions but the positive ones mm-hmm. um, as uh, Theodore Roosevelt said comparison is the thief of all joy <laughs> and so for a four to remember that there is no life and there is no joy in comparing yourself to others um, that's an important pathway to growth for the four to let go of the comparison and the comparison for the four also through for the three can show up as being competitive so uh, threes can be very competitive and fours can as well Uh, so it might be comparing themselves to previous versions of themselves comparing themselves to others or just being competitive is how the comparing can show up um, work on being more structured and disciplined like Kat if the, if the four can be a little bit more uh, like like Kat that's going to their healthy arrow and so that's a good place for the four so Lisa I know that you're a mom a yoga teacher and a nurse um, and I know you have to be quite balanced to discipline all those different parts of you So what helps you to stay disciplined in yoga, but also in life? So I'll start out by saying that sometimes I don't do that very well. 
Okay, love that. And honesty. then, you know, I don't remember. It's a song. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> and the clean version doesn't do it justice. So I just don't play it in class because it is pretty explicit. In, yeah, it's very. But I think about that a lot. Like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? So when I first started working on this for you all, I was. Uh, recovering from a kidney stone. Mm -hmm. And so part of this, I think it was during that first week. So I was having to be pretty sedentary. So here's what I said. The balance has been difficult lately. Teaching five to six classes a week. I want to practice three times a week. Uh, I've gone to the gym for weight training and cardio twice a week and worked out with a trainer for 35 years and I refused to give that up. Mm. My dogs were sick with kennel cough and then I was blessed with a kidney stone. Um, it was a rough five weeks or mm -hmm. so. Um, I do what I can from the physical aspect and then give myself grace. I know this too shall pass and I will be back on track. That may in fact mean giving something up. Mm. I want to be healthy mentally and physically for myself and my grandchildren. I love feeling strong. I was bullied in my youth because I was skinny, and mm. I detest that word. So it has been, it's been a journey for me to not, uh, even now, when, sometimes when people don't know that and they say that word to me. Um, a few weeks ago, somebody said, uh, you don't, Obviously, you look like that because you don't eat. Mm -hmm. I never met the woman before, and I literally wanted to punch her in the face. Yeah, yeah. And I know men who that's triggering for as well. And I think, I, I don't know why we're not more cognizant of that as a culture. That because we'll things. live in the culture that that is the biggest compliment, yeah. which yeah. is the craziest yeah. thing. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Starve yeah. yourself and be, yeah. no. I mean, yeah. And be called yeah. skinny. And be called I skinny. I want to be skinny. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's, you know, I was blessed with great genes. I'm grateful for my parents. Yeah. But. 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 I work hard and I, I mean, I eat whatever I want to and when yeah. people say oh I've been bad I eat bad like what does that mean mm -hmm. eat to sustain your body yeah um, yeah yeah well, so that's a struggle for me um I'll, this I heard yesterday and again Deion Sanders great football player football coach now mm -hmm. wise godly man funny funny mm -hmm. culturally different and he's saying to his new, just he just took a job in Colorado to coach. Yeah. He said to all of his new team, we're here for a reason. You are a conduit for change. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, wow, on the simplest terms, we are every day, every minute, every, we can see it that way or not. Yeah. You know, yeah. the way that I came into your path and your path. Mm -hmm has affected my life, mm -hmm. has changed my life. Mm -hmm. And if we, and I don't really just think that that happens just because, I just think it, it's a, there's a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that, that we can choose to show up and shine our light and see ourselves as like Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world or we can hide and we can, and there definitely have been times in my life when I've just wanted to hide, you know? Um, and to not show up and to not go to yoga and to not practice community um, but there's no life in that yeah yeah Dion also says to his players show up and show out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you can when when I first heard that I'm like wow that's kind of an arrogant thing but it's really mm-hmm. not like mm-hmm. show up be present and then do your thing and shine and shine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like the little children's so- song Hide it under a bushel. No, no I'm gonna let it shine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that same song. Yeah. Sam Cooke, as a black man, was not allowed to perform. Mm. And when he was finally allowed to perform, he chose this little light of mine, and he recorded that. Wow. So. Chills. Powerful. Wow. All right, let's move on to our fives. Um, For a five to grow is to remember to reach out and connect to others. So as we all know that two on Enneagram is the most relational number, five is the least relational number. Um, For a five not to be afraid to ask for help, remembering that they do have family, they do have friends, and they are there for for them, and no man or woman can be an island. Mm-hmm. Sustain that in life. Um, we are we are humans. We are designed to be with other humans. Mm-hmm. Um, opening up to others when they're feeling down, actively seeking help rather than resorting to the comfort zone of just analyzing and thinking about it and thinking about it and going into the analysis paralysis versus just getting help. Um, Acknowledging the importance of moving their body. So we've talked a lot about intelligence centers, which are the head, the heart, and the body, and five could not only um, reside in their head, they could just stay there indefinitely, and then Mm -hmm. the rest of the physical body or emotional body is neglected. So for them to care for those is very important to grow. Lisa, before I ask you my question, I just want to mention that um, you, so we live in, for those of you who are our international listeners, we live (laughs) in the U.S. in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is a sizable town. Um, And I always say, Lisa knows everybody. I say Lisa should be the mayor of Chattanooga. (laughs) But here's what I would say. Not because Lisa is out there, you know, uh, shaking and baking at glam events and you know parties and whatever because she connects with like you have the biggest capacity to connect with others how do you connect it is imperative to connect to others and I know how you connect but tell our listeners how do you connect to how do you keep strong connection to others and to so many others. So I had a great teacher. Uh, My dad worked for the electric Mm co-op. So he was your meter reader. And Mm -hmm. he worked, I don't, he retired from there. So I, I don't know how old I was when 
he started doing that. But, you know, he would have a book. I'm sure it's not done this way anymore. It's all computerized. Mm -hmm. And his pencil or pen, and you walk from one house to the next or drive Mm -hmm. if you're out in the country. And so he was talking to, he knew everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Our door at home, we lived in the country, but it was never locked. Mm. And so people would just show up and I need your help or my car died down the road or or um, a little patio outside and somebody would come and just sit for hours mm-hmm. and talk to my dad. Used to drive my mom crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, Does they not think he has anything to do? But he was approachable mm-hmm. and I never saw him turn anyone down. Mm-hmm. Was he perfect? No. But he taught me how to converse. Mm -hmm. He also taught me how to look people in the eye. Mm -hmm. And he taught me how to shake hands. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, you're a girl, but you shake hands like a man. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. Mm -hmm. Connection. I like to... I, I don't think that if we stay in our box... If we never expose ourselves to other people mm-hmm. who don't believe what we do, look like we do, all of that, mm-hmm. we're never going to learn about ourselves mm-hmm. or about that person. Mm-hmm. Again, that's vulnerability. There mm-hmm. was, I'm sure, a time in my life where I probably would have said, mm-hmm. well, cats from Russia, I don't know what I'm going to, what are we going to talk about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What does she eat? Mm-hmm. What kind of clothes does she wear? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. That, to me, I just think we're challenged if we get out of our box. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going to grow. And then I think it's important to help people mm-hmm. who are not as fortunate. Or uh, last weekend, I did the wreaths across America, the placing wreaths at the graves at the National Cemetery. unbelievably powerful Mm. I've done it before Um, was your dad a veteran no my dad was not yeah Um, it's just something I heard about it and and there are 49,000 graves there I had I did not know it's the second largest national cemetery in the world second to Arlington Mm -hmm. in Chattanooga so when we get ready, you know, they give you instructions. You don't just do something haphazardly. And the man said, um, we are not decorating a cemetery. So in the South, there's a lot of times it's, it's decoration and you go clean the headstones and you put flowers. He said, it's not that. You are honoring a soldier. You mm. take one wreath at a time. You go to the marker you look at it, you say the person's name. Mm-hmm. You put it down, and you come back and get another one. And he said, thank you, and one day you'll do that for me. Oh, wow. It was like, this should mean something. Yeah, yeah. To me, everything you do for somebody should mean something. It's not just giving money away. Um, I donate to a lot of things, but I want it to mean something to me. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I love about you, Lisa, um, 
the way that you talk about your dad, you're able to see him as a whole person. You're able to see his weaknesses, but also his strengths. And I think that that's part of why you connect so well with so many people is because what you've been able to do with your dad, you've been able to do with all of us. You can see the broken parts of us, but you can also see our strengths. And I think that you're really good at nurturing that, nurturing those strengths in other people. And um, I don't know, honoring people. Even here you are at the National Cemetery honoring those who have gone before us. That's a spiritual gift, I think, to be able to honor people. But to honor people in their you know, giftedness and in their weakness as well. Mm. And I love that about you. And I just hear that every time you talk about your dad is that you do see him as a whole person. And I do think that's what the Enneagram is all about is yeah. we're, we're here to look at people and say, these are their strengths mm -hmm. and these are their growing edges. Mm -hmm. But I see you and I honor you. And, um, and so anyways, I, I see you as a person that, that does that for yourself, you see your strengths and your your edges, but you also are able to do that with yeah. other people. Yeah. So mm -hmm. thank you for that because I and, love that about you. And I, I love to say bless up. How can you bless up? Mm. Um, lift other people up, lean in and out. And last Wednesday night, a man was able to come back to class. So uh, cancer tonsil, Mm -hmm. So head, neck, chemo, radiation. When he left to go have surgery, you know, I said, Do, will, you, will you let me in class just let people know that? Mm -hmm. And he said, yes. And so we did. We gathered up in the middle of the room. I prayed for him. He went and had his treatment. He came back last week. And so I said, mm -hmm. Ken mm -hmm. is here. Mm -hmm. He's been gone. He's back to class. Everybody wow. cheering. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we need to show up for people that need something. Yeah. Otherwise, are we a community of what? Um, I don't even, like, robots? I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that hopefully yoga is moving towards is becoming more of a community. I, I'm starting to see more of that in classes where people are not just showing up to practice, but that they're saying hello. And and I think that, that yoga is gonna be its best when it has that social part of we're here to care for one another, that it's not yeah. just a physical practice, yeah. but that we're offering our energy to the room, you know? And if we come in depleted, then other people are gonna give to us their positive energy. And if we come in with abundant energy, then we get to give to the people in the room who are hurting right. and that if we have that mindset entering the room then we're also going to be more likely to say hey how are you doing today yeah and what a great time first of the year we, yeah there have been a lot of new people so yeah I love to also say go say say hi to somebody you don't know introduce yeah. yourself to someone mm -hmm. don't be don't get in the same row you're always in you know like church move to a yeah. different spot mm -hmm. yeah. yeah I yeah. agree one thing that two things that you have mentioned and I want to mention that you do to connect you never meet a stranger meaning you 
meet a stranger and you say hello and you strike conversation and you just never know maybe this is the only time somebody gave a shit yeah. to talk to them yeah so that's huge and also you treat caring for people just like love and i always say love is a verb care for you is a verb you know mm -hmm. a lot of us i care i think about them i wish i could help i don't know i'm but you actually do something about it to show that you care. I cannot say how many times you would just, you know, text me and you remembered the randomest shit that I've struggled <laughs> with. You're like, just checking in. I'm like, oh my God, even I forgot and you remembered. <laughs> you know, that to yeah. me is discipline. And also helping when I'm trying to teach my oldest child it's not help if it's convenient for you. Help is inconvenient by definition. And you should help even through that it's a pain in the ass for you. Yeah. It's inconvenient for you. That's what help, true help is. And you do that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Not just doing it because it's easy and you don't have anything to do. And it feels good. You do it irregardless. And that's very admirable. Thank you, Kat. I love you for your So let's look at our Enneagram six and how they can work on growth. Um, so recognizing when mistrust, doubt, and fear get the best of you is the first step for growth for a six. Prayer, meditation, and intentional breathing will also help a six. Uh, we can never say this enough, Kat and I say this a lot, but cultivating faith, hope, and courage are pathways to grow. I mean, that six has got to do something that makes them uncomfortable, that they're scared of. I had a supervisor once say to me, go scared. That should be the mantra for the six, go scared. Um, practicing mindfulness and learning to live in the present moment because they're always catastrophizing and thinking about what's going to go wrong. So to live here in the now and plant two feet to the earth. And like you said earlier, getting out in creation can help us quite a bit mm -hmm. to be more in the present moment. But what are the practices that help move you from fear to the present moment, which would be to life? To the here and now um so as you're saying that <clears throat> i was watching the memorial service for coach mike leach last night and mm -hmm. one of the speakers quoted him by saying fear and faith do not exist in the same conversation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I sent that to my great friend who's just diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, I don't know if I would believe that if I were going through the same. Although I was diagnosed with malignant melanoma and I had to say, um, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen, mm -hmm. but go scared. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this one's a hard one for me. Um, I reflect on what I've been through in my life and I know that I can keep putting one foot in front of the other mm -hmm. um, going through a divorce at age 60 was big a big one yeah I delayed because I was afraid mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what's gonna happen what's this gonna look like what about this what happens at Christmas literally 
had a thought of how would my obituary read? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I knew I had to move forward and thrive for me. Mm-hmm. Not survive. I don't do well just surviving. I yeah. want to enjoy my life. Yeah. Um, I kept saying to myself, whatever happens, I will be fine. I'm going to mm-hmm. be okay. Mm-hmm. Looking at the positives and giving myself grace. And, and when I'm triggered, mm-hmm. make myself look at what was that about. Mm-hmm. because that's usually like that's a fear thing and I revert back to something like what happened What? who was I then Right. am I that person today I hope not mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and fear can keep us from beautiful things like yeah. going to the fertility center to you know get a checkup and move forward that way or fear can keep us from hard things like divorce but if fear is keeping you from moving forward to have abundant life to have whatever fullness of life looks like for you and it looks different for each one of us but like if you're listening right now how is fear getting in the way of your life and you you said you know that for you it was keeping you from the divorce because you were thinking about oh my goodness what's Christmas gonna look like and all those things but you've got to really look at no what's everyday life gonna look like if I'm able to do you know that which really is gonna bring me joy yeah and I think fear is good in certain sure I mean that's a the feeling. I think about, you know, 16-year-old boys. Like, yeah. You should have more fear. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Or, but I also think about parents in fear they have for their children. Yeah. To the point of never letting them fail, never letting yeah. them experience. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a healthy fear to me. I'm by no means saying that I didn't do the same thing. Yeah. But I think it's good in certain circumstances, but it keeps us holding us back from other things. Yeah. Well, in certain numbers, like the six has too much fear, even though we all need to learn to pay attention to the fear, to befriend it. Same thing with anger. We can learn to befriend our anger and be more comfortable with our anger. But sometimes the eight has too much anger. The Mm. six has too much fear. The Four has too much sadness, and so it's, you know, this is a, the Enneagram's calling us to balance, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and paying attention to those emotions and how they're getting in the way of life, because anger and fear or any emotion can get in the way of life. Even for a seven, too much joy, too much excitement can get in the way of life. So even the positive emotions, if we're not feeling the other ones... Mm-hmm can get in the way of life. Yeah. So, yeah. After this short word from our sponsor, stay tuned for our meditation. And thanks for listening. For our meditation today, let's start with the breath, breathing in. Breathing out. Setting an intention to stay with the breath throughout this meditation. 
And you can breathe in through your nose and out through your nose or in through your nose and out through your mouth. You can keep your eyes open for this meditation or you can invite the eyes to softly close. But commit to the rhythm of the breath. And then in your mind's eye, in your heart space, in your body, picture a safe place. What is the first place that comes to mind? And maybe it is the first place that comes to mind, or maybe you decide to find another place but something that feels safe, nurturing, calming. It could be a garden. It could be a spot in your home, a place in the mountains or the beach. But start to picture this safe place, a place where you feel protected. And then imagine the details of the surroundings. What do you see? And then what smells do you notice in your safe place? What sounds do you hear? Is there water in your safe place? If there's water, can you hear the sounds of the water? Are there any taste in your safe space? What do you taste? And then notice any colors in your safe space. And if a color doesn't come to mind, maybe you imagine your favorite color. See that favorite color in your mind's eye as you continue to breathe. And then notice if there is a breeze in your safe space. What does the breeze feel like on your face? Is it warm? Or cool. Allow yourself to take in all the senses of your safe space. And now maybe you lie down in the safe space, allowing yourself to be grounded in this space, but also held by this space. Is the sun shining through the window in your safe space? Or if you're outside, is it shining on your face? Continue to breathe in and out. I know as you reside in the safe space, notice that you may become more rested more relaxed, 
more at peace. Allowing yourself to breathe in and out. And after you have visualized this space and are ready to leave, allow yourself to come back slowly into the room knowing that you're leaving your safe space for now but you can come back to it anytime that you would like to continue to breathe in and out and if you closed your eyes maybe open your eyes Take a few moments to experience and enjoy this feeling of relaxation, of peace, of safety. And again, remember you can come back to the space whenever you need to. Bringing prayer hands to your heart, know the light in me sees and honors the light in you. Namaste.